welcome back to Since Nobody Asked. I'm Megan Kevney. And do you want to know what my favorite fucking dinner is? I'll tell you, bitch. It is three to four bites of every single grocery that I just bought. I went to Trader Joe's over lunch and I was like, I'm going to be fiscally responsible and I'm going to get a $6 lunch because there's this one salad there that I like. I'm pretty sure it's like $5. Then I bought $110 worth of groceries because I thrive on chaos. And I came home for... I was like figuring out what to do for dinner later, which was now. And I truly just pick at a little bit of everything. Like I just had chips and salsa, uh, bagel with vegan cream cheese that sucked ass and uh, smoked salmon, then some vegan gluten-free cookies and some strawberries, then some pasta sauce, then a, a little bit of goat cheese. I just kind of dipped my finger in it, licked it off my finger. And I had some chocolate as well. So if you're looking for a good recipe to spice up your life and make you question your wellness, this is it, sister. <laughs> and I'm sitting here, I was re-watching an old season of Real Housewives of New York, my queens. And I never, whenever I'm revisiting an old season, I never just click, okay, episode one, play through the whole thing. That's too, listen, that is way too vanilla for me. I need it to be, have a little bit more zing and pep a little bit more unpredictability. So I typically start with episode two or three. If you've never gotten into Housewives, let me kind of walk you through this. So it's this group of women that are all pretty wealthy and dynamic. I would say every housewife, not a lot of them are very, like, very two-dimensional. There's always some sort of some other side of them. that They're all pretty interesting people to watch. Obviously, not a groundbreaking thing here. But episode one, they're saying they're all friends in real life. And they they pick people who are in the same circles and interact with each other because shit happens outside of the seasons and you can fucking tell. Like episode one, they're like, yeah, so... I saw her at a party this summer and she fucking snubbed me. So that's fine. And I don't speak to her now. And you're like, oh, so... What happened at that party, bitch? So episode one, they kind of go over it. They bullet point what happened. But episode two, like they kind of scratch at it a little bit. They're like, oh yeah, Bethany and Dorinda don't get along anymore. But you know, we'll see. And then here's what Luann is doing. But episode two, they claw your fucking face off. They're like, oh no, yeah, they're fully like fighting, going at it, talking mad shit about each other. So they just really dive in, take you on this journey and uh, I will just bounce around sometimes if I'm really just <laughs> at, in a weird place and I cannot be pulled from. I will start at a reunion. Like I'll go be like, okay, what's season nine? What, what are they doing? And I'll just do reunion part one play. And you don't got to get mad if you stay mad. Reunions keep me mad. I'll watch it and be like, oh yeah, bitch, that party was fucked up. I cannot believe she said that. And then I'll skip back to that episode fast forward to that scene, watch it, and then go back to the reunion, figure out what else I'm mad about. And then I'll be like, oh yeah, that trip was a fucking nightmare. And then I'll just, you know, bounce around the episodes um, until I face my problems. You know, it's just, <laughs> it's kind of the precursor for me realizing I'm deeply running from things. It's a really, really deep housewives binge. Um, so I'm sitting here listening, uh, watching the show and then also at the same time, kind of scrolling through Taylor Swift's concert videos and softly crying when she hits certain notes. Um, I've never seen her in concert. 
It truly pains me to say that, but hopefully I will one day. And I was kind of reflecting the other day on, I went to so many concerts in 2019, which is crazy because I was actually pretty broke, (laughs) but went to a lot. And one of my favorites was Khalid. I got really into him. Everyone, his song Better was that nothing feels you fucking know. And everyone was playing it everywhere. Oh my God. Wow. Wait, hello. I'm sitting here walking around as I f- uh, film. Uh, there's definitely no camera. As I record this, it is motherfucking snowing outside. Wow. The street is covered in snow. That's wild. Usually doesn't stick that much. Anyways, squirrel. So... Khalid. Everyone was playing that song and I just thought that his music was like, okay, if it's this overplayed of a song, I just really doubted the album and I threw it on or some, someone introduced me to it or something and I got really into it and I was like, whoa, love this guy's album so, so much. The Free Spirit album is one of my top 10 favorite albums ever and also one of my most played things I've ever had on Spotify. So I met this guy on a dock last year, like on a boat dock. And I told him like, he's like, what are you doing tonight? And I was like, well, I work at this bar. And he's like, can I come by and can I see you? And I was like, um, okay. If you, I mean, if you want, cause I actually used to vet guys like this. Like I kind of made them go through an audition process with him. I wasn't trying to do that, but I would get on dating apps or if I was like starting to talk to a guy, I was kind of not sure I wouldn't like invite them in to like come spend money at the bar, which, which is what I was supposed to do. Cause I was a bottle girl and they literally were like, okay, girls, like who's coming in tonight? Who are y'all texting? And I'm like, Oh my God. Like, I don't know that my texts like aren't going through. Um, <laughs> but like, we we're supposed to like, you know, be hostesses of the evening and say like, Oh my God, why don't you come in for a drink? Blah. But I always thought that was kind of weird. <clears throat> it was a horrible, horrible bottle girl. Truly, like I, I kept getting pulled off the shifts because I was like not good at talking to rich older men. <laughs> they weren't all older, but I just wasn't good at making conversation with these guys. And but whenever we had a bachelorette party come in, I was like, let's go, bitch. Y'all are about to have the best night of your life. Like, they'd come in from some like random town or be like, oh my God. We're all from Houston. Like we're all from some city in Michigan, and we're here because Jessica is getting married. And I was like, "Uh, I don't care at all. But let's rage. Like I would always be given those tables because sometimes, not all bottle girls are mean, but some bottle girls are really mean. (laughs) And they would like come from nights at bars before, like they'd have a whole weekend and they'd be like, Oh my God, like this was so much fun. Thanks so much for being nice to us. Like the girls at whatever the hell bar were just like kind of mean. And I was like, fuck them. You guys are cool and you don't need them. And thanks so much for coming in and congrats on getting married. Nah. Um, literally like <laughs> I, one of them invited me to their wedding very drunkenly. I was like, that is so sweet. So anyways, not very good at talking to rich older men, but I would always like, if I was kind of interested in a guy, I would just be like, they'd be like, what are you doing tonight? And I'm like, oh, I'm working. And they would kind of, I would make them think it was their idea to come in. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, come say hi, whatever. But I would like watch like, okay, what are they like with their friends? What is their vibe at a bar? How, like, are they weird about me being a bottle girl? Cause sometimes people would 
guys would have a lot of opinions about me being a bottle girl. Like I like to kind of just get it out up front at the time, because if I was on like date six with a guy and he's like, huh, so when are you going to get a real job? I'm like, like big bummer. Wish I wouldn't have let you feel me up, but I try to get it out because then also on the other side of the spectrum, (laughs) literally, I kid you not. I was on a date. This was like, I think a second date with this guy. And we're at the point of the night where we're like, okay, like fun enough. And we were going to go meet his friends out. And I was like, love that. So then we were chatting and he was like, I was like, well, we should go. He's like, we're going to go to this and this bar. And I was like, oh, I used to work there. And he was like, no way you worked there. And I was like, yeah, I worked there for like, since they opened and like, I was there for a while. And he was like, Oh, were you a bottle girl? And I was like, yeah, I may a bird fly into my window and crack it right in this moment. If I'm lying, nothing. That was me hitting the microphone, uh, holding it up to the window. This guy calls his friends on speakerphone and says, guys, you're not going to believe this. Guess where this girl I'm working with, this chick, guess where she used to fucking work? And they're like, oh, oh, where, dude? And he was like telling them that I was a bottle girl at this bar. And they're like, dude, I bet she was there the night in July when we blacked out and blah. And I was like, I'm sure I was the person handling your card that declined. Thank you so much for coming in. Um, And it was just like, he was way too into it and like asked me a lot of questions about it. And I just didn't like that. So I would always like to kind of feel guys vibes out. If they're like, fucking whatever, it's a job, get yours, bitch. I'm like, hell yeah, let's go. So kind of a similar situation. He's like, can I, the guy at the boat dock, I know I kind of, uh, went off into a couple tangents there, but the guy at the boat dock, we met in the summer on the boat dock, very romantic. And he said, can I come see you? Can I come by? And I was like, sure. He came in by himself, which I was like, oh God, this is going to be tragic. But he was like really fucking cool. Like, like just, it was hard to describe, but he carried himself well, had a fucking vibe. And I was like, cool. Yeah. I like this guy. So I gave him my number. We were kind of chatting and he's like, let me take you out. So we're like, okay, I'll go out with you this week. And then a couple days later, I'm on the lake with my friends like all day having the time of my life. And then we're after the lake, we're just in like nasty t-shirts hanging out, going to go get pizza. We're at Luminati's and I check my phone. I just had not been paying attention to my phone all day. It's like 8 15 PM. And he had texted me at like two or three saying, Hey, do you want to go to Khalid tonight? Sorry for last notice, but he's at United center and I have tickets. I freaked out and I was like, Oh my God, I'm sure that I've missed the window here. But like, yes, I would. Or I think I was just like, I'm sure I missed this. I'm so, so sorry for the delayed text. I've been on the lake, blah, blah, blah. Like I hope you win. I hope you have fun. And he just texts back, how soon can you be ready? And I was like, Oh my God. So I run home, pretty sure I secured the pizza though. Didn't just leave it there. And I want to say I showered my body, but I probably didn't. And I put my lake hair and pigtails and put a hat on some cute ass summer concert outfit. And he's like, okay, I'm on my way to pick you up. And I grabbed like drinks for us to drink on the way. And we're sitting there and we're chatting and we're kind of like getting to know each other because we also don't really know each other that well at all. I find out on the way there, he's like 42. And I was like, wait, that's fucking hot. 
And so if you're looking for a way to get murdered, definitely ask me for advice about first dates and how to go about them because I have great advice. Um, (laughs) So we're on our way there and he's like, okay, so here's the deal. I had tickets this afternoon. Kind of random how I got a hold of them and I didn't hear back from you. So around five or six, I gave them to my sister and her boyfriend's there at the show. But here's what we're going to do. And like, bitch, I was already so in. I was like, okay, what are we going to do? Like, (laughs) I was into it. We was like, there's momentum to the evening. It was really fun. He's like, this is so cool, by the way, that you were down. I was like, oh, oh my God. Probably my number one skill in this life is being a down ass bitch. So he was like, I really like, I, I think this is so awesome that you're down to just th- drop what you're doing. I'm like, oh, truly, it's what I'm best at. Uh, like responsibilities and a bunch of other things. Trust me, I will take this to a fault. But he was, we just were vibing. And so he's like, well, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to get there. And I'm sure we can just like scalp tickets. I know that sounds kind of shady, but I've done it so many times. It's not a big deal. Like people will be selling them outside of the venue. We get there. People are not selling them outside of the venue, like at all. We're so far into the concert that it's like starting to, like they're closing down the security checkpoints and we're like, oh no. So we see this couple walking out, kind of starting to like lose the momentum of the evening. Like we're like a little buzz from all the drinks we just slammed in the Uber and we're like, okay. And this couple's walking out very clearly leaving. Like this girl, I think had like a migraine or something. God bless her. Those are awful. And we're, we started chatting with them and we're like, Hey, like, do, I mean, is it, where is the concert at? Like, how is it? We're trying to get in. We got, these our weird story. And they're like, Oh, we're leaving. I'm pretty sure they're kind of shutting the, the tickets down. Like those are done, but Hey, take ours. They literally screenshot their mobile tickets and text it to the guy I'm with. And they're like, no idea if this will work. Like, good luck, man. They do a cool guy handshake. And we're like, all right, we walk in. I'm like, this is not going to fucking work. And this is like, really out of the way. Lifts are already kind of like starting to stack up around the area. And I was like, okay, this is going to be a, a dead doornail situation here. Bitch, we walk in. It works immediately as they're shutting down the security check-in. It's like more than halfway over We're they're literally shutting down the check-ins. They let us in. Cause we're like, wait, 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 we're late. We for something we forgot or something. It worked. We got in that couple had fucking amazing seats. We sat in their seats, came in right on some song. I loved pretty sure we concert made out like almost right away. It was such a mood. Oh my God. Especially the sexy ass Khalid music really was into it. We just had so much fun and we were laughing and we kept drinking. And then the concert was over pretty quickly. We only caught like five or six songs, but it was so fun. Such an evening to be alive. Then we're heading back. Um, we get like close ish to my place. We decide to just divvy bike. I don't know if you guys know about divvy bikes, but wow. It's like bikes you can rent. It's basically like riding a boat around town. They're piece of shit bikes, but they're so fun. It's just so low commitment, really breezy. You just rent one, ride it around and dock it into some station. Um, So we were divvy biking around, sharing AirPods, which is such a move of mine, and listening to like our favorite songs and just kind of riding around. And then he dropped me off. And then he like invited me to Miami and it got like, the conversation got a little weird and really way too sexual too quickly. I was like, Oh wait, stop. You're ruining the night. Like I wish it wasn't ending like this. And, um, I was like, yeah, I mean, let me, I mean, let's, you know, let me know. And he's like, let me send you flight information, like blah. And I was like, Oh, I don't know. (laughs) So I ended up not seeing him again, but such a fun night, you know, nice guy, but a little weird of an ending. 
And I just loved that concert. And it was so, I told myself whenever I got really into Khalid at the beginning of the summer, I was like, oh my God, I literally have to see him when he's in Chicago. And then my squirrel brain never thought about it again. So um, I, that was one of my favorite concerts I went to. And then another one was... Millennium, which is one of my favorite DJs. I know I talked about a DJ last time. I'm really into DJs right now um, because I'm a spin instructor and I've just gotten really into like heavy mixes of stuff. Like whenever I worked at all these clubs, I would go up to the DJ and be like, yo, what song is this? And I would try and cop all their shit. Um, so it was it. I was working one night and one of the promoters came in. I was like, what are you guys up to? Blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh yeah, we're going to Illinium later. And I was like, oh my God, I want to go. And he's like, yeah, come with us whenever you get off. So 1.30 comes around. I was like, please cut me. Please let me go to this concert. And I bolted home to put on my favorite bodysuit. I feel like it's a lucky bodysuit at this point. I'm a big believer in lucky clothing. Uh, I'll just put that out there. So I ran home, put on my favorite bodysuit, which is... The same one I wore to Khalid. Now that I think about it, wow, love that for me. Then I run to town. On the way there, I was like, I swear to God, if I miss one song of this set, I will poke my eardrums out. I don't deserve to hear music anymore. So I'm running there. I walk in, like knew some guy at the front, like got to cut the line. I know that makes me sound a lot cooler than I am, but it was truly a coincidence. And like got in, I was like, okay, wow, I got to get there. And I was like, I was supposed to go with a friend and texted her and she bailed like last second, last second. She's like, oh my God, my sweet, I, I found McDonald's. I can't. And I was like, truly deeply on a spiritual level. Understand that, please. I wish you well. If I would have had to unwrap that many ketchup packets to make a ketchup mountain and then have to leave it immediately to go to a concert I forgot I committed to, I would not be going to the concert that I forgot I committed to. I'll just say that. So I was like, fucking whatever. I'm just going to go to this shit by my fucking self. I'll find that guy. And if I don't, whatever. I'm so excited to go to this. I walk in, the lights go down as I'm walking in. And I was like, I'm about to lose my entire body. And I just like floated with the crowd for the first two songs. It was so amazing. I ended up like spotting my friend. They're at the table next to the DJ booth. Again, makes me sound incredibly much cooler than I am. Do not get it twisted. And I get in there with them and we were just banging our bodies around. So much fun. I was with random people. I had met the the promoter guy like a couple times and then this girl, like her friends, my friends obviously didn't give a fuck. They were over there eating McDonald's, but lit, understandable. And then her friends were like texting, like turning towards each other, not paying attention to this completely fire DJ set. And I was like, hello. So <laughs> I kind of turned to her at one point. I was like, your friends, like they're crazy. This is great. How are they not paying attention? She's like, I know. I don't get it. This is great. Which we are fucking soulmates. I do not remember her name, but if you're out there, I miss you and I love you. Oh my God. Such a concert soulmate moment. And I went I'm just totally by myself. I like going to concerts by myself, but it's a bit of a risk. I went to one years ago. I saw Ben Rector at the state fair. None of my friends know who Ben Rector is. And if they do, they're hiding themselves from me. Um, and I was like trying to get someone to go with me and no one would. I was like, okay, fuck you guys. So I went by myself, ended up running into friends though. But I, I love a good, I think I want to do that more. Um, because it's high risk, high reward. Like it's all about your vibe. Just like the guy when he came in by himself to be like, Hey, let me pop by where you work. And like, I was like, Oh God, there's no way this is not going to be weird. And like, if you just 
catch a groove with yourself. It's really a good time. So went to that by myself. But you know what I was kind of thinking about the other day was that I am glad that kind of a two-ish years ago, I started to realize how personally I take things and how much that kind of gets in the way of my life. Like the girl bailing on the concert right before. Typically, like two years ago would have really not only hurt my feelings, but made me fucking mad. And I would have taken it really personally. And I'm really happy that I'm not, I have not really nailed this yet, but it's something that I'm kind of discovering. Like every single year I make goals and I really make them more around my birthday, which is in September 16th. Thank you very much. Write it down. And I will start reflecting on like, okay, what do I want for the next year of my life? So I start a little bit early on like new year's resolutions. Um, cause I'm just super reflective in like August, early September. And I read somewhere that it takes emotional maturity to not take things personally. And I was like, I actually consider myself an emotionally mature person, but I frequently take things personally. And so I was like, okay, well, I'd like to be more emotionally mature then. So I've kind of made that a goal the past couple of years to just get more and more towards that. And I was good about it in that moment because I was really wrapped up in the concert and how, how excited I was. Um, and so the, these moments where I look back and I did not take something personally, I always am so glad. I'm like, oh, I'm really glad I didn't waste energy on that. Because whenever I do take something personally, I'll just sit in that moment and I'll just be like, wait, 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 no, what, what, what? Like, I just like kind of shatter back and forth in between these like two metal rods. I'm like, wait, what, what, what? And <laughs> I just can't see past it sometimes. And then I will sometimes lash out and I'll always really regret it. I'm like, dang, fuck. If I would have just chilled for like two seconds and taken a deep breath and maybe like tried to not care about it for even 30 seconds, I could have avoided this situation I put myself in. Um, so I've been kind of ruminating on that recently. And just the other day, I, I'm not sure how to be vague about this. I made a life decision um, about something. I'm, I'm in the process of making a life decision about something kind of coming up in my life. And I, wow, say life one more time. And I was telling someone I'm very close with about it. I was like, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. And they were very like, okay, what's that? Okay, why? Why? Can you explain why? Like, what's that about? And I was like... Okay, this is going to be difficult. And I just got it that I was like, listen, they don't understand it. And that's fine. And I just truly detached from taking it personally. And I was like, okay, well, I want to do it because this, this, and this. And they're like, and why, and why is, why do you think that that's like, and just, they're asking kind of loaded questions and it felt like a kind of bit of a jagged conversation. You know, we're just like the conversation is like just keeps hitting dead ends like a pinball. And you're like, oh, this is not going the way I thought it would. And I just, again, like stepped back. And I usually am not able, I usually get very offended when people do not, when my close friends are not like super fucking gung-ho about my ideas because my ideas are my favorite thing about me. I'm like, Oh, I got an idea. Here's what we're going to do. And if, if my close friends don't get it or they don't support it, I feel like very personally attacked. <laughs> so I'm working on that. 
And I just separated from that feeling. I was like, nope, like whatever. We are separate people. This person does not have to understand every single breathing moment of my life. Like, yes, we have incredible, like this person's incredibly important to me, but it doesn't mean that you're going to have synergy with every conversation in your life. Um, and I just kind of let it pass. I said like, okay, that's kind of a loaded question about something they asked. And I was like, but you know, here's what I think and whatever. I just came to accept that I understand why I'm doing this. And even if that person never understands it, then that's okay. And I, I have to detach from needing everyone to understand everything I do. And then I kind of just lightly let the conversation flow out of that. And we changed the subjects and then, um, it was revisited later. They were like, Hey, yeah, I mean, you know, I think I, I think that's great. Like days later, that person was like, yeah, you know, I, I know I kind of was a little caught off guard by that, but that, that is great. And I was like, Oh, awesome. I, I didn't really see that coming. And the relationship was so much better for, for that. The, and the relationship is, you know, really benefited from the fact that I didn't flip the fuck out and start crying because I'm like, you don't support me and you don't support my ideas. Um, so something I'm really going to kind of lean into a little bit more there because I remember years ago I was leaving a company and, um, another thing I don't know how to be vague about, but I was leaving and someone on the team, um, that I was managing was not there the day that I quit. And so I kind of heard through the grapevine that they came back and they were asking someone higher up than me, like, why did Megan leave? I don't, I don't really get it. Can you, you know, what's going on? And this person just completely, what they said doesn't matter. It's not relevant. It's too long of a story to explain, but they said something that was just an absolute boldface fucking lie about me. And I was like, first of all, what's your fucking name again? Like who, like, why are you speaking about literally who I am as a person? And I barely know you. Like I was so mad. I cried when I found out about it. And I was just like, that is literally not true. I was talking to my best friend about it and I was enraged. I was like, how could they say that? That's absolutely not true. And he was, my best friend was like, okay, well, you know, it's not true. That's the end of it. And I was like, what? <laughs> no. And I was like, what if people believe him? What if people think that about me? Like, who's this? Fu- like, what is... I, I just felt like I had to contain it and get a hold of it. And I just was so angry at this person for speaking about something that was very personal to me and speaking incorrectly on it. And I just freaked out. And t- my best friend Tyler again said, you know the truth. You know, that's not true. That is the end of it. And honestly, like I was shaking for like I was shooketh over it for like weeks. I was very upset and I had a hard time letting it go, but he was so right. Like it was a, the first and most profound time in my life where I understood that me, or I really grasped the concept of me understanding what I'm doing and what's going on in my life and what my truth is really can be my strongest foundation. Because for a lot of my life, it's been, I feel kind of like a space cadet and kind of flighty. And so I really relied on a lot on everyone else's opinion of what was going on or everyone else's understanding. Cause I sometimes will just feel way out of loop on something. And it's almost like I look up and I'm like, wait, what? And everyone's like, yeah, duh. Hello. Didn't you know that? Cause I think really differently. I'm on kind of a different track. Um, 
And sometimes I feel stupid if I'm on a different track because it was so ADHD growing up that everyone was always like, yeah, hello, what? How did you not get that? And I'm like, oh, what? So it led me to kind of always really rely on everyone else's understanding. And so when everyone else's understanding does not align with what I believe to be true on a deep level and it gets really personal, I flip the fuck out. But I really learned that day, <laughs> that day, it actually took me months to really absorb this. But yeah, I mean, being misunderstood is a big opportunity to let go of your attachment to other people's understanding of your life. And it's still truly something I think about to this day. And so in these moments when I'm, all my good, good friends... Uh, minus a few who live here in Chicago, but most of them are all long distance because I've just moved my whole life. Um, I've also moved a lot in my adult life. And I, so every time I do something or something happens in my life, I, it's a bunch of phone calls and I love those phone calls. They're such, they're so reflective and they really center me and we don't always all agree. And so sometimes I, when someone's kind of making it about them uh, and they really overtake the, the conversation with their opinion about it or their fears about what's going to happen. And, you know, I did this to a friend a year and a half ago, a friend was moving and I kind of shit on it. I was like, Oh, well you need to be careful about like this and that. And like, I don't know. I don't know. And I just was injected all this doubt into different things about what was going on. And I look back and I cringe at that because I'm like, my friend was calling me because they were excited and I shit all over it with what my projected experience was with something. And that's really unfair. Um, you know, I probably kind of I ruined that moment where she wanted to just be like, hey, I wasn't calling to really ask your permission. Like I was calling because I'm excited and I'm doing this. And so we all are people and we all fuck up. And whenever I'm in these moments, my, you know, some people who are really close to me have pointed out to me very recently, like, hey, sometimes people cannot tell you something that you don't want to hear. Like you're kind of difficult to tell that to. And I <laughs> got offended by that. <laughs> I was like, how dare you say that? But they really kind of walked me through it. And I do with certain people and certain dynamics, I get very defensive about like, I, I, I fear that people don't, that it's a threat to my idea. I'm like, what, do you think I'm fucking stupid? Or like, do you think I can't like make a decision for my life? And I'm like, I mean, even saying it now, I'm like, that's zero to a hundred real fucking quick, bitch. Let's back it up for a second. And I just, I don't see past being misunderstood. So it's something I'm relearning. <laughs> and we all sometimes, like I fucked up with my friend on that call when I could have just been excited and kept things to myself because it wasn't about me. It wasn't about my experience with what they were doing um, years ago. And it just, it was about, hey, this is what I'm doing with my life and I'm sharing it with you. Um, so sometimes people fuck up and say the wrong things. And some people, sometimes people just don't agree and there's not a morality to someone saying the wrong thing or not saying the wrong thing. It's like, whatever. It's just, it doesn't all have to flow in the same direction. Um, and sometimes whenever I feel like someone's not, whenever I get defensive, I'm like, well, you're not supporting me. You don't understand, blah, blah, blah. It's, I'm not making room for forgiveness in that, whether I think they're in the wrong or just forgiveness of a difference of opinion. Like none, I'm forgiving a person, but just under, accepting that a moment is like, Hey, we don't meet in the middle of this and that's fine. Life literally fucking goes on. Um, and whenever I'm doing that, when I'm suffocating room and space for forgiveness for another person, I'm definitely suffocating it for myself. So I'm like, what, what in myself 
am I not, there's a, an essence of humanity I'm not allowing myself because I'm suffocating it in others. And I'm like, okay, you are not allowed to disagree with me. <laughs> okay, sister, maybe not the best quality. And like, then it makes me kind of look in the mirror and I'm like, what am I not allowing in myself? And I don't know the answer to that yet, but I know that there's something there that I'm pressing into right now. Uh, my therapist and I are chatting about it. So I'll keep you guys abreast with what's going on there. But really just a lesson in I'm remembering how important it is to just not take things personally. And I would encourage everyone to, if you find yourself taking things personally, that's always, that's a, tr- a point when you're triggered. <laughs> I'm learning through, I follow so many therapy accounts. Literally, if you want some, like DM me, I will hook you up. And they've helped introduce me to these concepts that, Hey, if you're triggered, if something fucking pushes your buttons, something's up. Like you need, that's a space where you need healing from something. Something in your past has kind of frozen part of your brain to think that this is a danger area. So you feel like you need to massively protect yourself and go way out of your way. And it's like, really, but you're, you're kind of eroding your relationships by trampling over people just because they disagree with something you're doing. Um, so if you're in the same place, um, we're not all psychos. And if we are, we can all be psychos together. We can all agree to be psychos together. (laughs) And you know, when I also felt (laughs) a little actually unwell the other day, I'm just going to be honest on Sunday, I was so depressed that I like barely knew my fucking name on Monday. I came to work and everyone was like, are you hungover? And I was like, I fucking wish I just like spiraled on Sunday. It was weird. I'm really, this is one of the bigger reasons I'm in therapy right now is I just kind of, something will happen and I can always place like the events like, okay, this happened and this happened and this happened. And then I lost myself for 12 hours (laughs) Uh, and those are kind of scary. I laugh because it actually makes me nervous to talk about, but there's scary moments where I just detach. I totally dissociate from my body and I just like sat and stared at everything I wanted to do all day. And I was like, I just, I like all that runs through my head all day is like, I can't, I just can't, I can't, just can't, I can't, I can't stop sleeping. And like, I just doze around and because I just get trapped on these little spiral ideas of, it's hard to really get into the things it's also a little heavy and kind of a lot, but sometimes just one thought will tweak and I'll be like, Ooh, that it's like when a violin squeaks and you can like feel that the movie's about to get really scary and the family's not as perfect as you think. And you're like, Oh no. Um, <laughs> and so it'll just tweak and then it will start to tweak again. And I'm like, da, da, da. and then the music just builds up and it builds and it builds and it builds. And then you're like, Oh my fucking God. And then you feel like you're collapsing like a dying star into these fears that all of a sudden feel incredibly threatening and very real. Um, oh, makes me kind of like hot talking about it. Just certain thoughts will hit and I'll be, they'll hit in the middle of a day where I'm actually a little stressed and maybe going through some anxiety, but I'm not really addressing it. I'm like, Oh, it's fine. I'm having a good day. I'm getting things done. And then just that violin, it'll, something will hit. And for me the other day, I definitely am not proud to say this is where I'm at because I do not flaunt this. I hate when people 
um, glorify these kind of conversations. I have no idea how to get myself out of these. Sometimes when people are talking about this around me and I'm like, Oh my God, I feel like the walls are collapsing on me when people say this, but to be honest about where I'm at, which I'll get more into in the next episode is, uh, dealing with disordered eating. I have very bad body dysmorphia. Um, I true, I've gained weight over the pandemic as I've been recovering from an eating disorder. And I'm, feel very proud of the things I've prioritized in the meantime. Um, but I go through days where I panic about it and I'm like, Oh my God, okay. I've gained weight. And that's was my biggest fear at one point. So I have no idea, truly bitch, like no idea. And like I mega threw my scale out last year. Um, honestly, I wanted to smash it with a hammer. Um, wow. That just brought me so back to Emperor's new groove with a hammer. Um, <laughs> crock. Pull the lever. <clears throat> so, hammers threw, threw my scale out uh, last summer. I was very proud of that, but I have no earthly idea if I have gained ten pounds or like thirty-five pounds. Like I have absolutely no gauge on that anymore, and I'm happy about that because I feel good and I'm working really hard on that. Um, but I still struggle with a lot. I mean, it takes a long time to unengrain all these false truths that I basically sold my soul to the devil over. (laughs) Um, I was just explaining it to my therapist. I was like, honestly, I can tell that it's not me with like when my eating disorder is, it feels like it's a skinny obsessed psycho taking over my body. Like I've never felt like it was me. Even when I was really young, I was like, this fuck, this bitch is shady. And like, like it just felt like, not like in a schizophrenic way, another person, but it just, I I could tell it wasn't very on brand. I was like, no, I don't really believe these things, but I'm going to try it on because it feels good to control these things. And, um, I really, it just, felt like selling my soul to the devil just to be skinny and like for fucking what? And I, I will totally actually kind of do a deep dive on that in the next episode, because I think it's a very misunderstood thing. Um, but I get very nervous in swimsuits. Like I kind of freak out about it. I've always felt weird in them. Even when I was like a little kid, I was like, I just like my body, like, I don't know. I feel awkward. Like I never take a full breath when I'm in a swimsuit. Like do, do not catch me breathing air in those. Cause I don't. And I hate that. I wish I was more comfortable in them. Um, and there's, I have to be in a swimsuit soon and I'm excited for it. Cause I'm doing, you know, this thing with a friend. Um, but I find myself really kind of like my chest will tighten up when I think about it sometimes. And, I was stressed about that, but I'm like, no, it's okay. And like, it's fine. And then, you know, trying to kind of avoid that. I it really am triggered by it, but I want to get through it. And I want to just face the fact that like, yeah, if I have a photo where there's not a great angle of me, who motherfucking cares? First of all, 2019 summer me very much does. But like now me, I have worked so, so hard to not care about it, but I still do. And I hate that because I'm like, I've done so much work, but it's just, um, I'm not in swimsuits all that often. So it is not something I have to face that often. So that's something that just was a violin tweak. And then I looked at, (laughs) listen, my suitcase is still out. I still haven't dealt with it. I stepped over it for seven more days. Truly someone helped me. I don't know how to organize my closet. Um, 
But I just really think I put so much pressure on myself because I'm like, if I fix this, my whole life would be better. And that's not true. So that was another violent tweak. And I was like, no one's going to love me if I'm messy. People don't love messy people. No one can see this. I am a fraud. And so it's just like, I mean, it sounds silly and I can, I can laugh about it now because I just, it's life. And I know that everyone has these kind of spirals and I I just want to kind of neutralize them. But it was a kind of a dark day. I really literally looked at my apartment and was like, wow, people do not love cluttery, messy people. There's that I'm and like lay down on my couch and I was like, I am unlovable. (laughs) Um, and I just kind of like sat on my couch and was like, no, like I felt the day slipping away from me. I was like, girl, don't do it. Don't do it. You're going to, no, we had all these things we're going to do today. It was like one o'clock and I was like, no, no, we're not going to do that. And I just like crept lower and lower. And I just literally like, I know I'm saying in a lighthearted way, but it was a really sad day. I could not do anything except scroll fucking Instagram and like be on this loop of shows that just, I was glued to my TV and I couldn't stop napping. Like I had like two, three hour naps, could not like even wake up to text people back. And I was just like, Oh my God. And then I like fell asleep for the night and I woke up in such a daze that I truly felt like I went to work, like showed up to meetings feeling like I barely like knew my name. Everyone, like my friends were kind of like, are you hungover? Are you good? Like, do you have a, do you have a night last night? And I didn't really have the heart to say like, yo, I'm, I am like kind of finding my way around again here. It's just those days really knock you off your fucking feet. And it's easy to feel like no one fucking has those, even though we all still like, and we're like, we all have days like that. But then you're like, uh, fucking do they really? Like, really? I scrolled Instagram for 12 hours and sat and looked at the suitcase that I haven't unpacked. Um, and just, yeah. So if you've thought that recently, fucking yes, everyone has days where they feel like an absolute bag of shit. Um, but you're not. And I was talking to my therapist about it. We we're just kind of She'll ask me questions and I'm like, okay, wait, wait, wait. I want to talk about this. I want to go back to the other question. I promise I'm not avoiding this question, except I definitely am. But I want to scooch back to this because I wanted help. I was like, truly like days like Sunday are like a bomb going off in my life. And I, you know, want to achieve things with my weekends and, you know, especially with the pandemic and quarantine going on, I'd like to have them be a really more productive time. And when I completely implode on myself, it's, I want to be able to learn learn how to deal with that differently. And she gave me great advice, which I know we all know that if you're depressed and you just are knocked out by it, you need to get out, get moving. I was like, I fucking know that. But it really, I remember even I had a good friend in college who was going through depression and I was like, bitch, we're psych majors. Like, come on, you know, that it's all about like lifestyle. Go, go drink some water and go to the, go work out, go on a nice walk, get outside. And I was like, I don't understand why you don't just do that. And then I started experiencing depression when I was like 24, 25 or like 25, 26. And I was like, holy shit. I am so sorry. Like I never understood. It feels like an abstract con, an abstract concept until you go through it. I mean, it just literally, it's like someone rips the rug out from underneath you. Um, and I, so I know you're like, okay, he's going to walk, do this shit. And like, but the, I sit there and I dread how torturous that sounds. I'm like, oh my God, what if I go on a walk? And it doesn't even help that much. Like for what, what if I go on a walk and I'm like, clearly have been crying and I run into someone and I look like shit and they're like, yikes, you good. I'm like, that's going to, I will 
truly, it'll be another violin creak. Um, and I was like, I think I just fear the unknown too much. I'm like, I just feel safer knowing that if I lay on my couch all day, then I, I know I'll feel like shit. And like, it, it, there's comfort in knowing like, yep, I'm going to not get anything done today. And I know that. And so my life is predictable and I feel safe in that. But as she said, uh, my therapist recommended that it is important though, the body chemistry behind it, you know, your body is wired to make serotonin when you go out for a walk. And like, even if it is, torture when you're out doing it, your body will physiologically move through it quicker. Um, and just how much our anxieties, like all of our emotions is tied to our bodies. And so when we lock things up, uh, it comes out (laughs) who fucking knew. Um, so just a reminder that I know we all are working to neutralize mental health or not neutralize, normalize conversations about mental health and just kind of a real life example of a very recent, truly two days ago, I just started feeling normal today at like noon. It took 36 hours for me to recover from a day that really kind of blew my socks off um, with stress and deep, deep fear that, um, of these things that I am afraid of, I feel very threatened by that are very perceived threats. And I'm working on how to talk myself out of these moments and say like, Hey, you're safe. You're not being threatened by these things. And and the monsters turned out to be just trees. Bitch, I'm going to make myself cry. That is a lyric from out of the woods for by Taylor Swift, which is a fantastic song. Um, also I'm going to end on this quote that really affects me deeply. It says, um, be sure the, the rule is that you have to dance in the mornings because it changes the way you walk out into the world. So if you're looking for a good song to scream, sing to, first of all, out of the woods, the monsters turn out to be just trees. <laughs> Literally I might cry. Uh, but some good dance songs, maybe I'll throw some on my Instagram story because I feel like I have some bangers. If you're looking to just like the kind of songs where you cannot help, but move your body to number one is congratulations. I sounded kind of congested. Congratulations by Don Diablo. Absolute bop. Um, Head and the Heart, uh, Body by Loud Luxury. I know it's an obvious one, but it's my favorite song, so I'm going to slip it in there. I'll make a playlist on Spotify for anyone who needs it. And if you're in a rough spot, force yourself to dance to like one to three songs in the morning. That's the rule. You have to dance in the morning because it changes the way you walk out into the world. Let's go, bitch. Thanks so much for listening to Since Nobody Asked. I'm Megan Kevney, and I truly hope you have a great, great rest of your week.